back to the third place. It's been a bit. We took a ride in the wild world of Suda 51 and Killer 7 with Zane. And now we're going to we're gonna come back down to something a little bit more tranquil, a little bit more zen, I guess you could say. Um, but I'm joined by a very, very special guest of mine. Uh, we're good mutuals. We hang around in Zach's spaces time to time. I'd say we're, I think we are both gamers in our own right. We, you know, we're just, we love games. So I'm here with Jocko Homo. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm very glad to have you on tonight. Um, I enjoyed your appearances on Filthy Armenian Adventures. I've, I always love seeing you appear on my timeline. You know, uh, I personally love when you uh, uh, tell, you know, Carolyn Polachek fans to like shut up basically (laughs) (laughs) um but no your your presence is a genuine bright spot on my timeline and i'm so thrilled to have you on tonight to talk about a very a very special game for me thank you that means so much i i don't think my twitter presence is making a dent in anyone's world so it's like (laughs) nice to hear that um yours is too i mean like every you tweet Every time I see a tweet of yours, I'm like, this is fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and your vast knowledge of gaming. I just want to clarify, I by no means am a gamer. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. But uh, I, I will say when when I asked you to be on, I, I you know, you showed me uh, the collection you had and basically all the games you had were like fantastic. So it was like difficult to be like, what game do I want him to talk about? So it's like that's true. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm a bit of a bit more of a gamer than I <laughs> than I realize, uh, but I guess show, we'll get into it. <laughs> this the show is making people wake up to the past, to, to their gaming roots, you know, getting people <laughs> back to the playing. Um, but speaking of, I wanted to ask you, since it's the tradition for new guests, is where does Jocko's gaming history begin? So Jocko's gaming history <laughs> begins. Um, so I, I like honestly I was thinking about this and I would say like I ha- I've had like three phases of my life in which I gamed and then taken breaks for a while. Yeah. Uh, so it would be like my childhood and then in high school when I was kind of a stoner. Mm-hmm. Um and then then like lockdown COVID is when I kind of got back into it with like the Switch and mm-hmm. PS5 and stuff. Uh-huh. Um but First game ever, I am 99.9% sure it was Spider-Man on the N64. Have you That's, played that from 2000? I've, I played I played the PS1 Spider-Man, but I like I re- I really do love the that pre-Marvel Spider-Man era. I mean, I love Spider-Man 2 on the PS2, which is like a beloved favorite of everyone's. Uh so that's a great start. I haven't played that. No, but the f- original Spider-Man on I guess it would have been on the original PlayStation 2, but um that one is just we- really like surreal and like weird graphics. It has those like early graphics that shit doesn't load super yeah. far out, so it's yeah. just like he's running, he's like jumping on skyscrapers and you can't see what's going on <laughs> ahead of him uh yeah so. yeah i mean the poor you know poor playstation one and n64 they can't render like more than 10 feet uh and uh <laughs> that game pro- didn't have the the benefit of having the silent hill fog to hide all that so uh 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it adds a very unique charm to it at the same time. Like, the world has to be formed as you, like, walk, you know, a foot and yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man's willing New York City into existence. No, it's it's incredible. Um, and the other memorable or notable game from N64 is uh, Paper Mario 64, oh, I think. That's a great yeah. one. Which I have a very fun spot for because um i've had a very i had a really weird experience with it in which i was probably like six or seven and i couldn't figure out how to get past the level yeah and uh, i actually dreamt about not the solution but i kind of like dreamt about where to go and uh-huh. then I, when i played it in the morning i figured it out and uh you know oh, that, that's great uh, oh, i love that i you know <laughs> when it's and that's all... true that's like it sounds like something someone would pull out of their ass but it's totally true no but i i totally get it like especially when you're younger and you know those are older rpgs even even if it was a mario rpg it's not like it was holding your hand back uh from like being yeah. presented something difficult to solve and i've had moments too you know when I was younger, it's just like trying to like piece together like riddles or puzzles in games. And it's just like when you're in the moment, you can't fully see the picture. And so you have to like get away from it all. And I love that. I never had a dream experience, but I love that. <laughs> I love that. That's such a cool uh, memory that you have. I know. I mean, it's, I was, I probably spent like hours trying to get past this level. And so it was like seeping into my subconscious. (laughs) (laughs) Paper Mario invading your Paper Mario. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Did you play a thousand, was it the thousand year door? No. Uh, No, I never played that one. That one's great too. I I highly recommend it. It's on the, it's a GameCube game, but uh, this was, you know, back before they, you know, Paper Mario unfortunately went through a transformation where they took a lot of the RPG elements away from it as the series got older. Um, and so, Thousand Year Door still feels like a JRPG with nice. this unique paper aesthetic. You know, and then you add Mario on top of it. So, I highly recommend Thousand Year Door if you get the chance to. I'll try. Um... I don't remember if I have a GameCube. I don't think I do, but I I, I could probably find one. Um, yeah, that or you can but, just uh, you can get a Wii because the Wii can play GameCube games. Oh, nice! I have a Wii. Yeah, so the original Wii. Yeah, the yeah the Wii nice. is fully back compat with a uh, GameCube. Oh, sweet! So okay, you can even plug in GameCube controllers onto the top of it. That's incredible. Yeah, it's oh. it's back when Nintendo believed in backwards compatibility well granted all of the console manufacturers believed in it um you know ps3 could do ps1 and 2 uh yeah. the xbox 360 could do some backwards compatibility not all of them but yeah i mean yeah that's part of the reason why the wii is so great is you can just like especially nowadays since the gamecube is like the hot commodity in terms of like collectors uh getting a wii is like it's usually much cheaper and you're getting like two consoles for the price of one. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but you know, we go from childhood of where does, where does the high school memory start? <laughs> um, so when they, high school, 
so I had a PS3 in high school. And so the games I remember was Last of Us, uh, Red Dead. Yep. Um, and that's like kind of when I first started playing open world games because I didn't really, I, I think, I don't know, like I think Red Dead was the first open world I ever played. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, or maybe it was GTA. Um, yeah, but like I also, my favorite game to play high was Saints Row because oh, like yeah. that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like a knockoff GTA, but it's such a, it's like so fun and there's like no rules. Oh, uh, yeah, completely. That's, so that's... I would just like, you know, freaking bully all these pedestrians and like have a fun time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a uh, it's like the Ross equivalent. It's it's the uh, Ross equivalent <laughs> of a of a game where it's you know uh, I I personally love Saints Row Two. I have a lot of fond memories, mostly go playing online with a friend of mine from high school, and we would stand in the highway. And all these cars would come by, and we would just shoot the tires out to see them all like uh, careen and crash. And that was like the most fun we ever had in that game, outside of you know experiencing everything else in it. But it's just like Saints Row, I would say, is even more of a playground sandbox than GTA is yeah. because everything is just like meant to be destroyed or like fucked around with. Uh, yeah. Especially three. Three is just like here, ha- have a dildo bat you know yeah exactly town. there's also i don't know if it was three or four but one of them like aliens come and take over and it gets really ridiculous and like campy honestly mm-hmm. uh that was but that's also really fun yeah, yeah that, that was four <laughs> yeah four four was when they really just like said okay no more gang stuff we're just <laughs> we're just gonna go balls to the wall about absurdity and yeah I can appreciate it on that level. It's just like they said, screw it. Let's just make the most insane, over-the-top, ridiculous thing known to man. And it stuck with people. It, you know, Saints Row, one, maybe not one. One's a little old and jank. But Saints Row 2, 3, and 4 are great games. Much better than the reboot that came out last year. I hate that one. Oh, don't even know about it. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Don't Don't yeah. look into it. It's awful. It's like a, it's like a slap in the face of everything. <laughs> uh, you know, your multicultural cast of like twenty-something Brooklynites uh, who are trying to start a gang. Oh no! It was their penance for all yeah. the uh, problematic shit they did in the early. Oh, months. absolutely! It's, I hate it, that. It's it's so that, and I, I just remember this. Like they make a god awful like healthcare joke in there they make like is this covered under under my benefits for like the job it's like i want to put a gun yeah. in my mouth. i want to put a gun in my mouth like it's it's abysmal and granted it did awful and <laughs> the publisher was like yeah we're going to reconsider giving money to everything we f- we publish uh moving yeah. forward so you know hey, those, a- <laughs> those lib comedians have to stop with the healthcare jokes because i was just watching something over the weekend where it was like a decent set and then they had to slide in this like oh but you guys have healthcare in canada or something and got no laughs (laughs) and i'm like what is obligating these people to have to like make this dumb tired healthcare joke that like not even their side thinks it's funny like it's just (laughs) i don't know man it's weird it makes them feel smart because they're like, look, I know about medicine. 
or something. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I care about people. Uh, you know, it's like fuck. Yeah, you know, fuck off. It's like I want to play my like gang, like you know, my wacky <laughs> gang game. I don't want to be like lectured. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I'll avoid that one. <laughs> it's, it's it's for everyone. Don't play the Saints Row reboot. Um, but yeah, it, is there any sort of PS3 memories uh, that you remember? I mean, Last of Us, fantastic. Red Dead's fantastic. I mean, uh, yeah. Oh, Uncharted one and two, I played. Oh, another classics also. Uh, love those. I don't remember. I played like LA Noir, which is kind of interesting. Have you played yeah. that one? Yeah, it, it's very interesting. I mean, it was very different for Rockstar because they, I, I forget, they published it, I think, but it was very different, albeit you could roam around 40s LA, which, you know, granted, that's a really cool experience in of itself. Yeah. Like, and it's super well detailed and everything. And it's like mixed with this detective game, which has like some of the best facial animations i've ever seen like yeah that was like a big selling point back in the day it's like look we can accurately you know capture these people's faces and do all that so it has like a weird uh uncanny valley aspect to it where it's just like these real people's faces are like put on a, on a 3d model so it's like yeah. <laughs> it has that weird thing but it's also like a really cool like experiment out of rockstar uh, i yeah. wish they would do more but sadly it's been kind of forgotten in the ps3 era um i mean it was different enough that it stood stood out and is memorable to me because uh you actually with the facial expressions i'm sure you remember but you had to like guess if someone was guilty yeah and they would do this weird facial morph it's like mr smith or whoever like the (laughs) matrix guy where he like morphs into like a bunch of himself it would have that weird like facial like uh I just, I just remember there was one character he's like an older guy I just remember like there was one face he was like yeah <laughs> I was like I was like hmm I wonder what you're wonder what you're really hiding oh man I need to that's that's just like uh gold like a bunch of memes like in that game like people have <laughs> not like, <experienced. laughs> that, like that's like a thing too that the game like morphed into like this meme status i just remember it's a press x to doubt it was like the one thing i remember that came out of that (laughs) one uh i i that's such those are great great games you had i mean i love uncharted to bits i mean some of my favorite memories are tied with uncharted such as uh Playing Uncharted 2 multiplayer and uh, getting steamrolled uh, as, a, as a young teen, and I was like, "Do I want to play multiplayer games anymore? <laughs> like, this, this seems cruel. This seems like too foreign and alien to me." But I kept, I kept with it. <laughs> nice, yeah, um, yeah. I've never been a fan of multiplayer. I am, um, I'm a solo guy. In your campaign mode or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's completely fair too. Like a lot, I mean, multiplayer definitely feels like a straight guy thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I can I can appreciate it, especially in the sense of like, hey, I want to be competitive tonight. But like, mm-hmm. I've noticed this as, as I've gotten older too. It's just like I, I'd rather play a single player game and not like have to <laughs> uh, go th- you know go into competitive mode for like two hours. I just want to like 
you know, for example, tonight, I want to put on Journey for like an hour and a half and be go through every emotional experience I ever want in life. And, you know, uh, but yeah, and then I guess, is there any sort of modern, you know, your most recent memories? Is there any standouts from then? Uh, I guess less so. I mean, during lot, I, I had a switch and I played um, like Breath of the Wild, uh, Odyssey, Mario Odyssey. What else? Luigi's Mansion Three, <laughs> uh, which was which was kind of fun. Um, I think I played Bayonetta Two on the Switch, uh, but I have it on the PS3, so I may have just replayed it. Yeah, I played. I played a. I don't. I can't recall. I think most of. Oh, I played Animal Crossing. <laughs> I honestly didn't love. I do really love Breath of the Wild. Um, you know, it kind of had some elements that were similar to Journey, like with the spa yeah. music and stuff. But, <laughs> but I, uh, <laughs> I, hey, if uh, you ever need a Switch game, I recommend Shin Megami Tensei Five. <laughs> Hell that, yeah! That, that that one, that one is arguably the best Switch game in my opinion. Um, but okay, I, will I'll, say, I'll... I, I will say, you have to like be ready because it is pretty brutally difficult um but five five is definitely five is definitely more inviting to new people new players i will say that um which actually smt5 is on sale right now i think it's on sale on amazon so uh everyone buy it please uh we need send atlas a message to make more smt games and not on the switch because that game (laughs) the game is like literally setting the switch on fire as you're playing it (laughs) all right i'm gonna check it out yeah i mean um, i i highly recommend it i mean i you know i was on zach you know isp to talk about it back in may but it's well i have a ps5 too is it should i play it on there or should i just it's, do it on switch it's not on smt5 is not on ps5 it's a switch exclusive uh, right at the uh, moment yeah. um yeah if you if you're interested the smt3 nocturne is on playstation so if if that that one's a lot more obtuse and very it's you know it's an it's from the early 2000s so it's a lot more doesn't explain things uh and it's very very i would say it's harder than five um there there's like a the third like the first real dungeon you get into you will get lost uh, you probably, need, <laughs> you, you probably, you. I would recommend a guide uh, to uh, get through yeah. it. But yeah, I mean, you know, pick up Nocturne, the HD remaster. It's you know, it's a great way to play Nocturne, especially nowadays. I mean, but you know, better than getting a PS2 and then like having to track down a copy of it. Mm, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, Sweet. I mean, well, I'll buy it for sure. <laughs> we're we're making sales tonight. We're we're making multiple <laughs> sales, but I I love that history. I mean, uh, I I really, I mean, I for one love that you have a deep connection with the PS3 because I I have that's where I really got into it all, and mm-hmm. I got to experience a lot of unique things. You know, for Journey, example, was one of those unique experiences that I got to have with it. Um, but I think that will be a nice way to transition to the first part of the discussion which is you know indie games uh that's haven't been really talked about but i think indie games are a very fascinating sphere of the industry you know they've they've 
indie games have definitely come into fruition in the last 20 or so years. There was, you know, in the PS1 era, they gave out actually a PlayStation 1 so that people can make games. And so you start seeing that snowball down the road, you know, the advent of the internet and like places like Newgrounds allowed for people to make very small scale games that were you know unique and fun and then you saw that sort of you know graduate you saw games like alien hominid on the ps2 castle crashers you saw braid come around you saw super meat boy and then as it's you know coming to today you have you know you have the you know indie games that are getting budgets and promotional material on the scale of like large large games now i mean there was Cuphead not too long ago. There was, um, I, I remember like uh, Limbo from like 10 years ago or Inside. Is uh, Cuphead the one that has like a, is it racist or something? No, it can't be. It's not like, it's not like old school anim- animation. Yeah, it, okay, it's, okay. it uses the animation style from like the 30s. <laughs> so it has like that rubber bandy, like, yeah. Uh, like Betty Boop type look to mm-hmm. it. Um, and so there was like an article like a few years ago. It's like, oh, we need to address the, you know, the, you know, the, you know, the monster under the bed about Cuphead's animation style. And like, no, it's everyone said, who cares? Um, All right, cool. Yeah. I but, think that's how I heard about it or something. But I mean, yeah. Cuphead's great, especially if you love that style of game, which is, you know, sort of run and gun shooting. And it's got arguably one of the best animation and art ever i mean that that's a great story in itself you know these guys who like refinanced their house uh to like fun making this game that took them like six years to make and now it's arguably one of the biggest hit games of the last like half decade you know it it, heck it, it got its own uh tv show uh which is crazy to think about like Oh wow! I mean, it's already an accomplishment to get like a game adaptation uh, on film or television, but for like a indie game to have that success is like wild to me. Like, I didn't think that would be ever possible, but everything's getting adaptations now. Everything's getting a TV show and a (laughs) film, especially if you're a Sony property. But uh, I I won't get too much into that. But indie (laughs) games are uh, indie games are such a fascinating thing because they 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 don't have the constraints of a triple a game they're allowed to experiment they're allowed to sort of think outside the box you know whether it be the gameplay loops a little you know unconventional or the art style is very unique or the means of interaction are different and unique i mean there's so many amazing indie games and i you know you know, you and I, Jocko, were like the same age. So we came up in the scene of like Xbox Live Arcade and PS3 store pumping out these like smaller scale games. Journey is one of them mm-hmm. uh, where you're getting sort of exposed to these small teams making like a singular vision that's not concerned necessarily about getting the million dollar sales sort of thing. So I don't know. I mean, what do you think about indie games? Uh, what do you think about these small games well i mean i haven't really played any um other than journey and flower um mm-hmm. the, the ones you mentioned i think i've also heard of limbo but mm-hmm. um really like 
one of the thoughts I kept having when I was playing Journey was how was there like a negative reaction from like a larger community at you know the pacing and kind of like the just how different this game is uh, uh no but... uh, journey was universally loved like yeah. i remember that like but i would say like it, i would say indie games definitely get like the they sometimes get like that critical like oh hey look at this tiny game like made by a small studio like they're doing something different like back in the day that was a very pure thing like trying to bring up the sort of underground and be like hey you should try this sort of thing nowadays it's like mm -hmm. an indie game is like you know some person making some like bad pixel art and then saying like oh yeah like i this is a this is a pixel art game it's like no it's not like don't fool yourself it's like <laughs> some leftist type who's like thinking they're an artist but it's like very mm -hmm. haphazardly like just sort of lazy attempt to try to be an artist or a game dev when it you know i remember in the like early 2010s there was like the proliferation of indie games that were walking simulators uh like gone home and what remains of edith finch uh was another big one where it's these like you literally just like walk in a house and just try to like decipher like what happened and you just like find clues uh -huh. like not really much at all it's like you know i feel like indie games kind of got like construed it's like oh yeah i can make a game but the game the game is not exciting or interesting or captivating at all it's just like presenting itself as very it's like barely a game sort of thing yeah i mean i it actually i'm thinking of uh Kind of reminds me of indie perfumes. <laughs> I don't know if you. I just I, I live in LA and uh, Scent Bar has like every now and then they're like, oh, this is a perfume made by like some woman in her house, and uh, I feel like sometimes they're just like not interesting. Uh, that, like, but <laughs> that, that's definitely true. Like, journey, you know, journey was definitely in the sort of like era of which indie games were like a fascinating new frontier for gaming uh, and then yeah. like 2013 onward there was this period where indie game meant like very mundane very drab boring experiences that like you know somebody probably you know, someone who is skilled could probably whip up in a few months uh. um but uh nowadays like you'll you'll see some indie games that are actually genuinely well thought out or interesting like uh last year there was that uh that game stray where you played as a cat like at least that had like a team you know that's who cool was, who were trying to like make something unique and interesting but then you'll see like the, at the same time there'll be like somebody's like passing off their like college you know they're sort of thrown together college final project be like i'm making a video game it's like are you though are you though sweetie? yeah it's like there has to be like a base level of skill and you know vision and stuff but um <clears throat> yeah i mean I... what are your favorites other than well, i mean i mean journey for one obviously uh and i also love flower and flow um i love braid which was 2008 it was a mm -hmm. it was a it was a platforming game made by one guy 
where the central mechanic was you rewind time. Um, and the big oh, twist, cool. the big twist is that like, you know, it's like a straightforward platforming game on the surface, but the whole, the twist was, is that you weren't actually saving the princess. Actually, she was running away from you the whole time. And then the story, uh, like the game kind of plays out in proper order. Um, and he, that guy, Jonathan Blow, he's a very, very fascinating person. Um, uh, there's a great documentary called Indie Game the Movie uh, from like 10 years ago. Uh, and he was mm-hmm. interviewed for it because uh, Braid was a huge smash success at the time. Um, and he was like, you know, every time somebody left an opinion about the game, I would comment on it, make sure like I clarified everything for them. Or there's a, <laughs> there's, oh, a fun, <laughs> there's a funny thing. I mean, it's kind of funny where he uh, he saw a video of Soldier Boy making fun of the game, and he, like, had a crisis of, like, self. He's like, uh, I can't believe this one guy made fun of it. He's like, you know, what, you know, why, why doesn't no one get it? It's like, you know, it's like, calm down, Soldier Boy. He's not a critic. Uh, he's probably uh, retarded. So yeah. I don't know why you're putting that much <laughs> effort into that. Uh, but he also made a game called The Witness that I really like, which is a it's a th- first person puzzle game where you solve puzzles to unlock another one on this like very beautiful island. It's very mist inspired, oh. um, and there's like again it's like Journey where there's no voiceover. Uh, it's all about like solving these like logic puzzles to unlock another part of the island, and then you just keep going and keep going and keep going until you like find the truth uh i like limbo as mentioned before i like castle crashers and alien hominid um i forget the third game that that studio made that was really fun um this is trying to like go through my mind of like indie games that i've played that i really love (laughs) it's kind of difficult because there's so many and some of them are very forgettable um I mean, Cuphead was fantastic, albeit that one like bust my balls how difficult it was because I'm not used to that style of game. Uh, um, what else? I mean, those are just some ones that I can think off the top of my head. But yeah, I think any games are so fascinating to me just because the sort of, I guess you could say pressures of the industry Mm -hmm. are like not present anymore. I mean, that's probably, that can be said about any field, you know, some no name musician is like making music for himself. And then he puts an album out. It's like, Oh, it's suddenly it's a hit or, you know, an Indian beer and he should, you know, I, you know, that sort of uh, idea could be placed in so many different categories, but like games are so interesting i feel like just because of that game factor it's mm-hmm. you know you, you you see like a team of like 10 which i think is like in the case of that game company with like journey it's like this very small team that has to spend multiple years of their life trying to make this game which you know i, I mean i feel like if journey was made by like a naughty dog they would have pumped that yeah. out in a year like they could have done that uh-huh. easily, but it's like Journey or that game company, and that, in, for example, they spend so much time and effort trying to craft this very special or you know specialized specific vision 
and it takes them multiple years. You know, journeys only took took three years, which apparently they said that was not not the plan. But you really get a sense of how you really get to learn about every part of a game from these type of people, you know, these indie makers where you, you take for granted just simple things like how do I teach mechanics? How do I teach, you know, how do I convey something to a player when they easily yeah. could just be like, fuck this. I don't care. Like, how do you, you know, it, indie games, you learn so much about the sort of, you know, complete package that a game is. And you really get to appreciate a lot of smaller things that, you know, if you're playing like a triple A game, you're probably never going to like understand because they're like flooding you with mechanics and systems and, you know, flashing you with like hundred million dollar budget graphics that are like, look, we rendered the skin pores on this character. Isn't that so cool? Sort of thing. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Me meanwhile, like an indie game, it's just more about like crafting this very specific thing that isn't particularly concerned with everyone. It's about finding the right people to play it sort of thing. Yeah, um, totally. I, I'm try trying to think like, su you know, super meat boy, another great indie game, which started off as a new grounds flash game. Um, you, you get a sense of like how they had to think out every little part. Like how do I convey without like telling the player, Hey, stop, think about this. The spinning yeah. buzzsaw is a bad thing. Don't jump on it. Like, how do you convey that with no words? You know, it's kind of like the magic of the end of games is that you can teach people without saying anything. You, you yeah. learn through failure. You learn through constant, you know, trial and error and all that stuff. Or, you know, you take something like, you know, for example, Flower, a game where you play as a flower petal. Like, what, how you have to like think about it, like layers, like how does this, how do we convey a message? How do we make the gameplay exciting or interesting or worth engaging with? And you get out of it a very unique and personable emotional journey of being a flower petal for an hour. Yeah. Like that, that that's kind of like the joy of indie games is that the simplicity and the pureness, you know, comes from a place of passion. You know, it's not so much about like, how do we get X market? How do we get the Y demographic, you know, sort of thing. It's very uh, for itself, by itself in a, you know, sort of way. Yeah, I had, I had this, I had these thoughts uh, about both of those games. Uh, and I will get into it, but it's like, I was just thinking, you know, when I first got Journey in 20, I don't know, like when I was in high school, uh, early 2010s, mm -hmm. um, and I was like stoned and I put it on. I like played for like 10, 15 minutes. I didn't know it was going to be that type of game. Yeah. And then I just like stopped because I was like, this is not what I want. I want like Saints Row. Um, <laughs> but but um, when I played it like a week later uh, and I actually gave it a chance, uh, it was, you know, it was incredible. And, um, but yeah, it doesn't, there's no hand holding. It's kind of like, you know, no training wheels you just got to figure everything out and that's part of the appeals the kind of adventure exploring and figuring mm -hmm. it out yeah i mean i think you know i think flower and journey all they ever show you is like this is how you move and that's it like they don't even you know they're just like for flower it's like 
tilt the controller, you know, left that's and right. It. Like that's all yeah. they tell you. And it's just like, then you have to figure out what the hell you're supposed to do. Um, yeah. But I, in indie games are kind of just special things about that. Like where I mean, it's, it sounds, I guess maybe a little corny, but it's like, it's games made by gamers. So like yeah. they, they get, they're trying to make games that they you know you hear a lot of indie game devs say like we were making games that our younger selves would want to play which mm-hmm. i think makes them more special i mean i'm trying to think of a good example i mean the the games by the, the behemoth alien hominid castle crashers I'm still blanking on the third one. I don't remember what the name <laughs> of it is. Um, but they're they're these very crass, crude, like '90s cartoon aesthetic games, all centered around like the sort of fun combat and having fun, or like making crass humor that like, you know, you yeah. wouldn't see like I don't know, you wouldn't see like a Naughty Dog game make. You know, uh-huh. Naughty Dog has that prestige, that AAA, you know, uh, aura about it. You know, yeah, it has the, to be professional, yeah, and adult, and it can't be just like you know. There's a, yeah. there's like this childlike <laughs> sense of wonder and free for all. Yeah, uh, it, you you hear a lot of these devs. It's like they think of something that they think is cool, and they're just like, okay, put it in. Um, mm-hmm. Grant, you know, I've said I've talked about this game, and granted, it is not an indie game, but I you know I've talked about Hi-Fi Rush now like three weeks in a row because I love it so much, but like that's a type of game where it's like you, they thought of something cool and they're like, put it in, make it work like that. That's the kind of mentality that like indie games have, where it's like, you know, in hi-fi rushes example, it's like, Oh, Hey, we'll make an action, you know, game like Bayonetta, but it's all centered around hitting your enemies to the beat of the song. Like (laughs) it's a very strange concept, very out there concept, but it's like, they thought it was cool and they're just like, okay, run with it. You know, we're gonna you know uh, spice this up spruce it up make it make it its own unique thing and you see that with indie games whether they be small atmospheric experiences or these sort of traditional 90s-esque arcade games that are not concerned with being like avant-garde artistic expressions they're more just like hey we're gonna make something fun and you're gonna spend hours playing like you see this heck you know i'm thinking about like like fighting games there's like there's one game there's a fighting game that came out not too long ago where because you know fighting games are very difficult to get into because the controls are very hard and you have to learn like 200 moves this game it's like there's only one button to do a thing you just hit you all you have is two buttons jump and kick do a dive kick that's the game and it became a, yeah. a huge success you know it, it it it's a game that makes fun of fighting game games uh it's poking fun at people who are famous in the scene quote unquote like that's a silly indie game but because it sold you know it went all out on its sort of vision that it became a hit and people latched yeah. onto it and all that stuff i mean I mean, there's so many unique experiences that this sort of sector of the industry can do. Yeah. I mean, heck, uh, I talked with it with uh, Alec when he was on with Bioshock. Um, he was talking about Disco Elysium, which is an indie game, and Dasha was in it. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> Dasha was in a video game. 
How did Alec play? How did he, you know? Because I, I think he said um, it's be, it's a it's an indie game that's very it's like an RPG, but it's very text based. Got it. So it's like you have to do a uh, lot. Now it makes sense. Yeah, you, you have to do a lot of reading, <laughs> and then you make like a choice, and then you have to like sort of keep going. Yeah, but Dosh is a character in that game, or she was a Wait, character. In, she was a character in the original version. They did like a re-release two years later, and they recasted her. Uh, uh, that's annoying. Yeah, they yeah. They, they recasted <laughs> the whole cast with like professionals. Um, yeah, yeah. I think Dasha's character is a like. She kind of reminds me of like the, uh, what's her name from the original Blade Runner, uh, with Harrison Ford. Uh, oh, I forget. Um, I forget who the actress is. Yeah, the the main robot. Yeah, the main woman. the main girl. She kind of is in that vein, but she also yeah. reminds me of the the prostitute bot in the sequel, which is like, you know, you like <laughs> yeah. real girls. Like that's kind of what Dasha's character is like. Yeah. Uh, oh, I need to find it. That's yeah. Incredible. I mean. I've heard. I, I granted, I haven't played it, but I've seen people talk about it nicely. I mean, I would like to give it a shot one day, but that you know, that's another great example of an indie game that's heck very specific about. Hey, we're doing a dungeon or not a uh, an RPG, but instead of combat, it's mostly done through dialogue, and you have to make choices uh, along the way. Like that's very different for the industry, and it became a huge hit. So. You know, I think I think to wrap it up because I think you and I want to get into journey. Uh, but um, I think <laughs> I think indie games are very fascinating, and and I really do love them because they there will be something that comes out that is like so eye catching or so captivating. It's like you have to play it. You have to like see what this small team was able to create in their own house or apartment for the last five, six, seven years of their life. And you really get a sense of their passion, their love for making games. And I think, you know, I think people should be on the lookout. I mean, granted, I think people should like steer away from the clearly like uh, not good indie games because they're very easy to spot. Um, well, the list that you provided or just when you, you know, said your favorites, uh, I'm going to look into those because I, um, I genuinely enjoyed Journey and Flower and uh, I didn't even think about how there's a whole genre of games that are similar in um, spirit. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I highly recommend all those sort of games. I mean, heck, I mean, even just that the flow flower and journey are great sort of yeah. introductions to this sector. So I think without further ado, I think that is time to go into the game of tonight, which is journey.
like TV yeah. went to because I had Portal playing on my TV. So it was like, I guess it went through the the journey playthrough. So uh, it went to like the other playthrough I had in my playlist. So <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what what on earth is Portal doing on my TV? Wow, it went through the journey playthrough pretty quickly. Oh yeah, I mean the the one I have playing is I think like an hour and seventeen minutes long. Yeah, which I guess <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean that journey can be beaten in that that amount of time. Totally, uh, yeah. Which is a great thing too. I mean, I was thinking about it. I remember the TPN in season one when they did Final Fantasy VI, and I think they had a discussion about games that could be shorter than you know like a jrpg that like takes 40 50 60 70 hours to beat yeah. it's like you know can you make a game that is bite-sized or short enough and be as equally fascinating or captivating as you know something you know mega huge as a final fantasy and i think you know journey is a great example of that um yeah. but you know speaking of journey uh journey uh, is a indie adventure game, you know, platforming game, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's it originally came out March thirteenth, twenty twelve. Actually, we're almost near its twelfth anniversary. Uh, that's kind yeah. of I didn't think about wow. that. Um, Look at that. But it originally came out for the PlayStation Three. It was a PS Three exclusive. Uh, it's been ported to the PS Four, to Windows, and even your even iPhone. Uh, have not played that version, but uh, it was <laughs> it was made by uh, a game studio called That Game Company, uh, who had made previously uh, two games called Flow and Flower, which are very of the same ilk. These very pared back, stripped back games that are, you know, they have no dialogue. They're very all about the imagery. They're very about the experience. They're about you know, using the medium of games to tell a story without having to tell you what to do sort of thing. Um, yeah, Journey was the sort of, I guess you could say final game in this sort of trilogy. I mean, they have made, they made a game recently, but it was so many years after Journey. So I don't know if, uh, <laughs> I think Journey, Flow Flower and Journey are very sort of self-contained, but I think Journey is the peak for this studio. It this game was a huge moment. I remember back in the day, like this game was the second game ever to get a Grammy nomination uh, for its soundtrack. Oh uh, man, well it, deserved. Oh yeah, unfortunately, it lost. Uh, it lost the Grammy that year uh, to the to girl. What with the, to girl with the dragon tattoo? <laughs> so I was, eh, you know. Yeah, I think I wouldn't be shocked if the Grammy panel was just like, "What's a video game?" Uh, so it's uh, still incredible, though. Um, oh yeah, it, it was such a amazing moment. I mean, I, you know, I was like sixteen when it came out, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is you know, this game's gonna change everything. People are gonna you know make more games like it. You know, games are being treated seriously. We're getting nominated for the Grammys." Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> I guess it kind of <laughs> happened, but just maybe not on these small games. But um, what is your experience with Journey, Jocko? 
what, what do you think about it? I adore Journey. Um, I, you know, when I sent you uh, my list of games, uh, you, I was surprised at first you picked Journey, but because I was like, oh, this one is like, that was like a very short, you know, one-off game, but replaying it, I just like, I felt the emotional weight of the game. <laughs> and I just realized how something so simple can be so impactful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm someone that tends to be averse to like minimalism, generally speaking. But yeah, um, I think in a video game sense, stripping things back uh, in a very controlled way to alter the game experience um, is amazing. And uh, there's so many things I love about it. The mm-hmm. soundtrack especially uh, well yeah i've been been listening to the i've been listening to it on spotify since you uh uh, or since i finished the game a couple days ago but um it's it just hits it it really does i mean i mean journey is like you said it's very stripped back i mean there's no like hud there's nothing on your screen it's just your like little uh curious little burka kid burka adventurer whatever whatever you are (laughs) you're just this like robed adventurer in a vast desert and the only point of the game is to get to the summit of a mountain that is the only point of the game where it shines bright you know in the heavens and that is your only goal and and it doesn't even tell you that it just it just shows you yeah when the game starts shows the mountain and you like the mountain is always in the background but Mm-hmm. It never like with any text or vocal tells you to go to the mountain, right? No, it there's there's no dialogue. There's no like saying like, "Hey, go to the mountain." Like it's just yeah. <laughs> it's just there, always in frame. It's always you know, you know, you start the game on the outskirts of the desert by yourself, and it's the only thing really in the sky, you know, in the, in the horizon other than like sand dunes, but it like, obviously it dwarfs everything that you see. Like it's always, yeah. it's very, it, it obviously has this sort of optimistic and sort of like, yeah, I'm going to do it sort of thing, but it has like this at the same time, like a kind of eerie, like it's always watching you feeling to it yeah. where mm-hmm. it's like, as you progress through the game, you just like the mountains getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, but all you do, yeah, all you do really, all you can really do in this game is move, jump and, you know, make your little chirping sound. Yeah. Your little chime, (laughs) your little chime. And then like, if you're on a hill, you can slide down it. That's like all you can do. Mm -hmm. Um, That's right. Which is really fun. Oh yeah, it's like the most fun, especially <laughs> that one part where it's just literally all sliding, like yep. that, which is like the most like, uh, <laughs> like I felt like a kid again, just like going down a slide. But it's like literally this like ginormous like abandoned civilization, and all the you know buildings have crumbled, and it's like, well, I can use this like pillar as a ramp. It's yeah. like it's so journey is so it it really captures a full experience with a game like you you're curious you're excited you're cautious you're scared you're you know you're like you're sad you're you know it really 
it really encompasses the whole sort of like journey, you know, journey, you know, plant, you know, like the title, like you go through a literal journey as this little character and heck, even if it was just like a pure single player experience, I think this would have really been an impactful game, but they, they add one little special twist to it is that it has multiplayer, but it never announces it's multiplayer. So randomly throughout the game, you'll be joined by someone, just someone online. Uh, you, you don't see like their gamer tag. You don't, you know, you don't see anything. They'll just randomly appear. And again, you can't voice chat with them. All you can do is your little chirping sounds. And I think because the game has that layer to it, it becomes mm. something very special. Like you, you almost craft your own story within the story. Like the game is not like telling you how to like act or behave with this other person. Like, it's literally just saying like, Hey, here's a buddy, like see if you two can get to the end of the game without, you know, without separating. And like, you actually start to craft your own, like, you know, stories as they're happening with another person that you've never met before. And it sort of reinforces this sort of like drive to get to the summit. It's like, now I have a friend with me that will go yeah. through, you know, literal, like, some of the you know more terrifying aspects of the game you go through the hardest obstacles with this one person and the joy the the fun of it in a sense is that you're never going to have the same experience so to say i mean you're going to always get to the top of the mountain always yeah but with that person you have something unique that could happen to you um I, I you told you showed me re, uh, the other day that you had two people join you did they do anything interesting on your journey or so i actually i didn't realize it was two separate people because yeah. at one point i must have lost the first one at some point when we were uh, i guess in the dark area but um yeah because and the other thing about the game is you can't pause it at mm -hmm. any point so if you if you pause your character just sits indian style and like everything keeps going around it you know yeah. so it's like um so there was a moment in which i i like went to the bathroom and that's probably when i yeah probably lost the person but um the second or the person i ended the, i went to the end with the person and uh when you when I, we got to the mountain and we were flying we were like kind of doing circles around oh, each other that's, that's there. oh that's so and, cool uh, yeah it was really fun doing that with someone else see when i replayed it like a month or two months ago I just like booted it up on a month, you know, just to be like, hey, just play through it. And I had somebody who joined me uh, on the mount, like on the sliding section. And like suddenly yeah. we're now like crisscrossing each other. And we started like, you know, protecting each other from, you know, when you get to the underground segment where those those stone creatures that are trying to attack you. And yeah. we would like one of us would go forward you know to find the safe area and then we would chirp saying it's okay you can come like oh wow uh then nice. you know it, it what broke my <laughs> what broke my heart is like we got to the mountain in the blizzard and there's like that one segment where you're on the on the uh staircase and it like blows wind down the staircase and yeah that that person got i think they either stopped the game or they got disconnected or something 
So I just see their character just continuously trying to go up the stairs and they kept getting blown oh, no. back. And then I just see their which is also very like it's it's very simple, but like when you're when you, you when you do see an online player like leave the game, they like just evaporate into these like cloth particles. I'm just like that's I it was like traumatizing. Oh, wow. I was like, oh my god. So I'm like left alone to finish the the story, as it were. And there's so many that's that's like the 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 beauty of this game is that you you know you have your singular get point a to point b story but like the fact that you get to have someone with you and craft your own stories i mean i remember when the game came out a friend of mine uh she had the game too and we like timed it up so that we would join each other in the game and we oh did. nice and we did it was and granted this was when like hundreds of thousands of people were probably playing it so like the fact that we so happened to have lined up at the same time and get matched together was like amazing and yeah. we went we went through it together and it was another one of my favorite moments and there's there's so many just like wonderful things that just get like uh heightened because of like yeah. this one person who will join you or multiple people and i love that the game and the credits is like here was the, you know here's the people that joined you on your on your adventure yeah you know? so i have a question i don't know if you know the answer but do you think is it possible to have like two other players with you at the same time I've like never... there's three of you in the desert like i don't know or is it i've i've never seen it and it's never yeah. i've never experienced it myself it's always one person yeah uh which makes it like even more wild because you're like wondering how on earth did they do this it's like how do they seamlessly trant you know put you and another person together that just so happened to be in the same area like they're in i never understood it and i'm sure there's like a very yeah. clever way that they did it but like it really adds to the mystique of it all it's like well you know you're traversing this lonely desert where you all you see is the forgotten ruins of the civilization and these like occasional cloth, like cloth beings that are just floating in the sky. Yeah. Yeah. And you just like turn the camera and you just see <laughs> someone like walking to you. Like, yeah, like, I mean, where, where'd you come playing from? it on a playing it the second time? I because the first time I don't even know if I played it in high school. If I knew that was another person, I may have just thought it was like a computer. <laughs> uh, but playing it this time, I was just like looking at the corner of the screen the whole time just like is there anyone there like sometimes there would be something and i thought it was a person and i like would go towards mm -hmm. it and it was just like a, a scarf on like a piece of metal or something yeah it, um, you you if you go you know you you go through the first time and you have that sort of unique experience where you're just like oh my god like you know you're just kind of processing it all but then like on the second yeah. time through you're just like where where are they like you're trying to find yeah. like another person to like join you on your journey and hoping that they don't leave or you don't lose sight of them uh you know because you can start the from the beginning of the game to the all the way in you could be with one person the whole time um yeah. And this, I think and, it's incredible that people are still playing it. Yeah, but, uh, which, which was great. Twelve when, years later. Yeah, you you sent me a picture of like the people, you know, the credit screen of people who played with you, and you were playing yeah. on the PS3 version. Mm -hmm. uh, 
you know, on the PS3, not many people are playing it nowadays. And I was like, oh my god, people are still playing the PlayStation 3 version, which is... Who, at the same time I was playing. Yeah. mind-boggling. <laughs> yeah, I, I was amazed, because I played it recently on the PS4. I was, I was amazed that people were still playing it there. Like, I was like, yeah. oh, wow, like, you know, the PS4 version came out in 2015. And I was like, oh, people are still playing this game seven years later and you know they're still trying to like have that unique experience like mm-hmm. and you can tell when someone's played the game and they're going through it again because like if you play it again you get like the the white uh the white robe meaning that you've beaten the game uh or you've got you found all the scarves uh because you can like collect yeah. your scarf and make it longer and if you I think it's if you get them all, you become like one of the elders that you see in the vision, so to say. And like, so in my playthrough, people were wearing the red, they were in the red robes. I'm like, people possibly are still playing this for the first time. Mm -hmm. Like, which was like, that's, (laughs) that's really cool that people are still like saying, oh yeah, this game looks interesting. I'm going to try it seven years later or in your case, 12 years later. Like yeah. <laughs> I, I really was shocked by that because, you know, people have talked about this game, you know, people know how it ends and the fact that mm-hmm. people are still willing to say like, I'm going to try this experience out that I've never had, or, you know, cases like you or me, you know, we're just going through it again, you know, trying to relive the sort of, you know, journey that we went on like years later and it's still just as magical like i still had (laughs) this is one of the few games that's made me cry uh and (laughs) and and i cried on my second playthrough i was like or my most i was like damn this game still makes me feel things like at what uh, point did you cry uh well, I got very upset that my partner died, and I had to see, see him see him die in front of me. I was like, "What the? F- this is cruel!" And then it, yeah. it it always hits me in the final level when you're in the sky and you're yeah, racing through, like, and then you just you know you hit the final part where you're just walking through you know the peak, the summit, and it's just one you know it's just the the violin or not the violin the cello is just playing mm-hmm. for you as you're just slowly walking into the light. I'm just like, that That still hits me to this day. I'm just it's, like... Yeah, it's really, you know, it's it's a really moving experience. The music and everything makes it a lot more emotional because oh, yeah. I was also feeling really, you know, I was just feeling like I was being faced with immense beauty once mm-hmm. you get past that, you know, you go through hell. Yeah. Um, but I was going to say, I never really... I'm sure there there are theories, or maybe the uh, the developers have explained, but there, I don't know what the story is other than like, and I, I'm not really reading into it much. Uh, but it has like a it has a, kind of like a religious vibe the whole game. Like there's like yeah. a lot of prophetic. Uh, yeah, like, you go to these like temple things or these like altars where like you see yourself like uh, in the walls. Like mm-hmm. uh, um, like these images, hieroglyph type things. Like it just feels very like you're supposed to be there. Everything's like happening. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I don't. I've never read into it. Nor do I. Th- I'm not sure if they've explained the meaning of the game. Nor do I think they want to. I think they they leave it up just yeah. to enough interpretation. 
to, you know, they, they give you enough of the breadcrumbs to get you going and then enough to make you question what's going on. You know, it, but, you, but you're right. It has this, it has a very spiritual uh, core to it too. And, you know, granted, other than being like a burka person, uh, <laughs> it's, it's not like this is the journey of Islam or whatever, or Christianity or Judaism <laughs> at all. It's just this sort of vague, it's just like this broad strokes, vague sort of religious experience where you, you do feel like, you're kind of drawn into a singular event that like kind of tr- yeah. cha- changes you and you grow and you're sort of, it's like an enlightenment journey that you're supposed to go through. And I think, you know, I think the, I'm sure that there's a reason or backstory or proper lore to it, but it's like, I don't care because I want to craft the story in my mind, what's going on. You know, I think you and I, you know, I have the same sort of, interpretation of journey as you did it has this sort of i'm going on my my pilgrimage to you know to the you know the, the home the home country or something yeah. uh, but there's that's kind of the beauty of it all too is you know that mm-hmm. game that game company is they stated like their sort of goal is they want games to be sort of stripped back where it's just the emotions and the sort of visuals are there to sort of get you to the feeling, feelings that you want, they want you to feel. I mean, the director of this game, who's been the director of their other games, Genova Chen, he stated, it's like, yeah, we could make action games if we wanted, but we don't think we're needed to make action games. We're here to make these sort of, you know, short bite-sized things that are meant to sort of touch you on a more emotional core and i mean you you told me you played flower not too long ago flower is very much like that too uh i would flower is another great game of theirs you know where you play as a flower petal trying to bring color and and nature back to life in these sort of like forgotten sort of city you know industrial areas like where there's like windmills or buildings collapse or power stations um yeah both of the games the landscape is like one of my favorite parts just like the uh with journey like i in every in a lot of games i always like the desert uh area of the game but like, i don't know maybe it's just because like i'm from california yeah i like the uh sunny warmth but um I feel like I could just like, you know, just have a blast like exploring and uh, just go up those dunes and <laughs> uh, with flower. It's just like so fun to be like a pedal going at like <laughs> high speeds in these valleys. And just like every time like you, hit, you know, hit another like flower, you're like uh, my PS3 like controller would like vibrate. And it's just very satisfying. Yeah. Um, it- they're they're very in any other case i feel like a game developer would not make it as captivating and i don't know there's there's something to what that game company is able to get out of you as a player because they like they tickle your sort of curiosity about what things are going what what am i doing what what is the purpose where where am i all these sort of questions mm-hmm. and journey has like that in spades where it's like 
okay, what are these like giant stone obelisk creatures doing in this underground and why are they wanting to attack me? They feel like they're supposed to be on, on my side in a way, you know, they're part yeah. of this civ grand civilization, but there's like no time to explain. You just have to sort of, you know, adapt and survive in this, like, you know, in basically the game's version of hell, which is this pitch black, bl dark blue, dark green, you know cave system where only you see like a single beam of light coming in from somewhere above that's like kind of guiding you to the the finish line as it were and yeah. i think for me i mean i'm trying to remember how i felt 12 years ago it's like it kind of just at its core it feels so in tune with what a game should be or tries to do where you're trying to, you know, you want to overcome the obstacle. You want to get to where you're going. You want to learn. You want to experience an adventure. And Journey mm -hmm. is like the purest form of that. I mean, they literally said that the game is based off, you know, the hero's journey, you know, that book from thousands of years ago. It's like they stripped it down, yeah. the game down to just like, here's this beat of the story, here's this beat, you know, here's the climax, here's, you know, here's the valley, and then here comes, the, you know, the grand finale that ramps it all up. Um, and it's, it's like a marvel of simplicity getting you to where you, because I'm like you, like, you know, normally minimalism is not my sort of thing, you know. Yeah. Minimalism, especially in games, can come off as, like, lazy or you know, you don't know how to like really captivate a player with your sort of artistic skills or your gameplay knowledge or, you know, anything. But Journey is a great example of minimalism done right, where it's just, like we said, it's stripping everything down to sort of, to its purest form. You know, you know the art Something style else. Yeah, go ahead. No, you go. Sorry, I was I was just gonna say the the uh, having like stripped down controls to that point and the pacing, even though it's a short game, the pacing is kind of slow and mm -hmm. melancholic. And uh, I feel like when they do that and you're immersed in this world, you have a lot more time to like think uh, and be in your own head. Uh, whereas like other games, you're just being like bombarded with all these like action items and like things you need to do mm -hmm. yeah and I, I just feel like this that's what makes this game and this applies to other art as well uh just memorable and like it resonates with you and it just like it leaves a more long-lasting impression and um <clears throat> i yeah. i really like the minimalism or the i don't want to say minimalism because it's it is like an immersive world with beautiful yeah. details but yeah there's there's some makes it there's yeah. some extravagance to the art on display. Yeah. Like, you, you know, that one part of the game where it's that tall uh, tower that you have to climb and then you're like, try, you know, you're raising the level of the ability to like float higher and you see like the, the dragon cloth uh, circling mm. it higher and higher. I mean, heck, yeah. I have a playthrough going on right now on my screen and it's like there's yeah. this, this giant tower adorned with just these bright you know nondescript symbols of you know language and it's like that's that's impressive like that's grand and that's very dramatic you know yeah. it's like the, the the sort of simplicity is there to sort of hit you 
with the sort of you know the big moments you know when when journey lifts the cover up so to say and it's like here like here's yeah. the sort of crescendo to the to the song um mm-hmm. J- journey's minimalism in a way kind of reminds me of mirror's edge um okay where, where mirror's edge has a very clean cold very simple you know single primary colors are defining a level where it's just like pristine white cityscape and all you see is like oh hey here's blue or here's yellow or green like yeah it's it's telling a story through the environment which is a, a lot of times games especially nowadays it's like they can't they can't tell a story through its environment like they they have mm-hmm. to be like here's the most photorealistic you know hyper detailed uh environment you've ever seen but it's like well then it becomes noise it becomes clutter and it removes me from the sort of uh experience of it all and it's like mirror's edge and journey stripped back experiences where all you have is just yourself in this world and you really get a sense of a like almost like a sense of place in it all. Like you are there as a player, you are there as this, you know, cloth person, whatever you are. Like I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm learning about the history of this place. I'm learning about the environment. I'm learning about heck the person that is accompanying me on the journey. Like, what are they like? Are they a, you know, full speed ahead type of person? Or are they here to like, interact with you and bond with you as you know as you best you can do with these little chirp sounds um yeah. one of my guys the first guy was kind of a full speed ahead and i was like there was a point where i was going ahead and i was waiting for him and I, or her and i was doing the chirp sound like come I'm on waiting, <laughs> like come on and and uh yeah that's you have no idea what they're thinking you have mm. no way of communicating so you're like is this person like, ah, I don't want to do this. I want to do my own thing. Because mm-hmm. um, another thing that uh, I wanted to mention is that I didn't really understand until this last playthrough that you can go collect more things to yeah. make your scarf longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like, because there's no freaking explanation. So I just kind of, uh, I, I was doing that. I was like, let me collect these items. And then... Um, but I'm not like a completionist, so I didn't really like do it. I, and then I got hit by one of those things in the snow. I did. I, did and I lost half my scarf. Yeah, it, it's and it's traumatic too when that happens. Yeah. Like you really feel like part of yourself. You know, the scarf in a way is kind of like a reflection of the journey you went on. Like, yeah. like the longer it gets, like you're more you know a veteran of the game. It's like, hey, I I know where to go. I know what to do. Like, trust me, yeah. I know what I'm doing. And then suddenly, one of those obelisk monsters just snatches up <laughs> half your scarf, and you're just like, well, I lost my ability to do really long <laughs> jumps, and now suddenly I'm screwed. Possibly, like now I feel so naked and afraid about what's going to happen. But, you know, that's kind of like the beauty of having that person along with you if they stick with you. Like, you never know yeah. what they're going to do. But especially in that that's the blizzard level where it's just like now your character is like freezing to death and the scarf energy <laughs> is like draining slowly and slowly. <laughs> but it, it's <laughs> you, in, in, that, in that blizzard level, it's like terrifying to be like out in the wild, like being attacked by the world itself. And all you have is either yourself or some random person that you've never talked to. Yeah. <laughs> that that moment at the end uh, where everything just kind of 
the music just fades away and you get you like before you collapse yeah just like slow down that slowdown takes like a few minutes oh yeah and i was with i was with the guy the other person so we were both just like slowing down and like just collapse um (laughs) yeah it's and uh it's sad like it's it's, it is sad, it's, yeah. it's so drawn out like normally in any other game developer's hand i think they would have just had that moments like okay boom boom you're down you're unconscious dead whatever you are and mm-hmm. you know they would just kind of move to the next story beat. But it's like journey makes you suffer like you yeah. have to see your character slowly get slower to the point where it's like one step is painful to do yeah. and just collapse and you know, I, I I'm pretty sure when I first played this, I had an experience with somebody in that snow, yeah. and like we were just frantically chirping with each other, just saying like, "It'll be okay, it'll be okay." Oh, <laughs> it was so sad. That's so like, sweet. <laughs> but <clears throat> I think you know, once you, what do you, do you think you die? Your character dies in that blizzard, or do they get like? I mean that's the thing i like we talked about it's kind of like it it could he they could have died and it could have been like they're in heaven next because yeah once once you like uh get to the mountain everything is like so beautiful and majestic and like i'm pretty sure the soundtrack has like horns and like yeah. it's kind of like your scarf is like so like impossibly long and like yeah. so it could be kind of like uh yeah, yeah. You died and then you reached heaven like, yeah, uh, but um, and it's like the only time in the game where it has sort of that bright because like the game obviously is bright, you know, it's in the desert yeah. and all that. But like the color of the sky, this like rich blue, it's like the only time you mm-hmm. really see that shade of blue. And it's like, yeah, it's it's, like it's notably different. It's kind of like Mulholland Drive. Mm-hmm. I don't know how familiar you are with that. Yeah, movie, yeah I totally get what you're saying. Like, you know how he does like the different lighting to like yeah yeah uh, it's it's such show a different things and it's not yeah. like it's not like the game kind of like uh holds on that moment either it just you know it literally just skyrockets yeah. you into the sky and you just you pop through the clouds with your little dragon cloth friends and yeah. you just go on this like roller coaster through the top of the summit when you know the I'll be honest, like the, the the song that plays when you go through the clouds, uh, it's called Apotheosis. It's like one of the, yeah. my, it's one of my favorite pieces of music ever written for a game. And it is so magical hearing that song. Like that that's the reason I think why that, that part of the game makes me like tear up. It's like that. I, I mean, growing up, I had a lot of personal connection with like, orchestra and symphony orchestra so it's like Mm -hmm. when you hear this like such luscious music that's so you feel like the 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 performers are just you you play you feel them playing their heart out on these instruments and uh another thing about this soundtrack which uh, was done by a man named austin wintery um he's worked in a lot of games smaller scale games i believe uh he used a technique called stems i think uh, and stems are basically breaking up parts of the song and, yeah. layer- and layering it uh, to fit the sort of appropriate moment of the game. And, you know, 
he i remember watching this video this week about him talking about it because uh, through this development it's like he would write the song and then they would make the level to kind of correspond with it and oh that's, apoth- I, yeah. that's really cool yeah. and apotheosis was the last song they had made and he was really struggling about how to make that song because it was like the climactic moment and he wasn't sure how it was going to work and all that and you know, he was telling, he was saying like, oh yeah, the violin, You, whenever you hear the violin, that's you, the player character. And mm-hmm. when you hear, when, when another player is with you, you hear like the, I think it's the woodwind instruments come in when a player is with you. And, you know, it's like bringing the sort of the rest of the orchestra into the picture on this final moment with, in the game, it's like last five, 10 minutes. Yeah. And it's some of the, my, it's, and another thing too that he mentioned is like normally a, a final climactic song like this would be like fast moving and all that stuff. And what I love is that it's not like a fast song. It's yeah. like it's like the emotion propels you forward. It's like I've made it this far into the journey, and I'm all, I'm so close to it. It's like now like everything that I have gone through in this entire experience is now propelling me forward to. Yeah to the you know the the great beyond i suppose like i don't know like you know the 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 mountain peak is you know that glowing light in the mountain you just walk (laughs) through the passage and you just walk into the light and it's like well did you die i don't know but you do get sent off the mountain like a shooting star uh which is another beautiful image too like the credits where you're watching your star just go through the level uh which is also another thing i think if you're in the game world and you see shooting stars happen, that's a player who reached the top. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure oh, that's what it is. No way. I, I yeah. It's, I'm. Sh- you know, it makes sense. That's like the level of detail I feel like these people would put in it. But um, yeah, and uh, it's so it's, minimal. Like you wouldn't think about it until you beat the game. You're like, oh, those shooting stars were players. Like, wow. like that's such a, an amazing way to sort of like bring it all together. Like yeah, you go through this arduous journey of peaks and valleys and caves and mountains and blizzards and monsters. And, you know, through it all, you see like the shooting stars. It's like reminding you of what you're trying to get to. And it's like, and then it comes all together. And then it's like, now you're kind of like the guiding light to another player. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's so magical. Like I really can't think of a game that accomplishes accomplishes so much. I mean, granted, I would say probably Flower is the only one that I can think of off the top of my head that captures such so much in such a short time and is able to resound with people emotionally. I mean, yeah. I mean, I was reading. Would- oh, you go. Sorry. I was going to ask it was the music but in flower the same guy because the music in flower was also beautiful from what I I let me remember. actually look that up real quick. Um, it was it it's like it, it was just as emotionally resonant. Yeah, I mean I'm pretty sure it was uh yeah. let me see actually no, it was a different person. Oh. Uh Vincent Diamante is his name, but he has no wikipedia page so i don't know what he's else he's done right. but well that game company knows how to knows how to curate some good music that, that they that that they do it's it you know 
I'm a sucker for game music. I will listen to game music in my day to day, like whether it be at the gym, listening to some like devil may cry or doom eternal or, uh, that sort of stuff. Or it's just like driving and I just like put on like some orchestra music. Like I'm a sucker for that sort of stuff. And I think, uh, journey was one of the first soundtracks that I bought, uh, on iTunes. It was one of the few first few soundtracks that I bought from a game on iTunes, Mm -hmm. which I always have like a special little memory of, like it, it felt really cool to be like, I own a game soundtrack on my, on my iPhone. It's like very, yeah. very silly, but I, you know, I can't speak enough about the soundtrack. It's, it, it's one, it's one of my favorite soundtracks ever in a game. It's really, you just, you have to experience it. I would say you have to experience it in the game first to really understand. Yeah. Cause it's 100%. so, it's cause it's so interweaved with itself. Like the game and the soundtrack are one or one in, you know, two things come together for that experience. And yeah. Um, when I was, I mean, when I listen to the soundtrack, it's, it's pretty, but it doesn't have the emotional impact of when I was playing the game. Cause you're not, <laughs> it's so connected to what's going on, to what mm-hmm. stage you're in, to the yeah. feeling of, you know the stage and everything so. I, I i think the song names are literally meant to correspond to like the story part like the parts of the hero's journey i mean apotheosis literally means like reaching the summit yeah like yeah i mean there's so i'm just amazed that this like little game has such an impact on me on you on so many people i was reading because i was like you know, because a lot of people, when they like leave a YouTube comment, they'll like, you know, they'll tell their experience about playing the game. And mm-hmm. one of the ones that was very sweet was um, somebody said that they played with someone through the entire game with each other and they were like, you know, chirping back and forth through it all. Yeah. And when they reached the summit and when they landed in the sort of the hallway, they, they drew each other hearts in the snow. Oh, <laughs> I know it's you know that's like the me- this is like the there's only a few games multiplayer wise where I'm just like okay that makes sense like I talked Left 4 Dead earlier in the year or early in the season with uh, uh, John and you know multiplayer is such like a straight guy thing I uh, where it's like I don't want to get in like the competitive mode I just want my single player game that like I can just yeah. get lost in but Journey is another example of like multiplayer done very well you know it's this it's never in your face about it it's always it's it's kind of like magic like suddenly this yep. person's here and they're with me on my own story and it's like the multiplayer feeds into this very personal narrative uh, you know about you know <laughs> i mean just about a journey like there's so many you can go through like a, a video or like online just like search journey and i'm sure there's like people just telling them telling their stories about their playtime with it i don't i don't yeah, really I'm know sure. i don't know I'm many sure games people... that have that yeah i was gonna say like i mean uh i'm sure people have like found each other like the players after like in a because they give you the username so mm-hmm. probably a forum or somewhere where someone's like who was oh, yeah. this yeah no, uh, i think i'm pretty sure when i was like younger that i did that i like 
I messaged someone saying, Hey, thanks for playing with me. Like <laughs> it's, it's, it's removing the, I guess you could say the artifice of a game to down, down to the purest form of it all, whether it be from gameplay to story to multiplayer to, you know, the cores, the core pillars of a game have been stripped back. And it's like, now here is the only thing that is for you to experience sort of thing. I mean, I could gush about this game for hours. I mean, it's such a magical little experience. And another thing too, if you have PlayStation plus on your PS4 to play online, you get the game for free. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this is a word to the listeners. Just download the game. Cause I know you all have PS4s um, and you probably pay for online. Uh, just buy the, just download this game. It's it's an hour, hour and a half of your time. You could beat it in an evening. Uh, the playthrough on my TV already finished, so it's like that's right. Like you can get through this game. You can set aside of an evening of your night and just to experience it all. And I, yeah, I just I love that this game has touched so many people's lives. If, you know, even for just like a moment. You know, yeah. I remember. I think I I was like posting screenshots of my playthrough in like December or January and like people are saying like oh yeah I love that like I love that game like it's it's such a great game and it's like I'm I'm like I I love that people remember this like little game so much it's it's so it's the little game that could cuz <laughs> totally seriously it seriously is uh does so much with so little and um yeah everyone should play it it's it's incredible yeah it, it, it i'm trying to think if there's anything i mean it really was the little game it could it was like winning game of the year awards i'm like this this little game that was 15 dollars, like on the psn store in 2012 was like winning game of the year awards getting nominated for the grammys like this little game because the 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 first game that got nominated for a Grammy was Civilization Four, you know, which is this big this big budget game that has like uh, a famous name, Sid Meier, behind it, and it got nominated for best original song uh, in a game, which it did win. It actually won it, I believe. Yeah. But you know, the fact that the second yeah. one was this like tiny game from a little company that <laughs> they had a they had a vision for. Yeah. This sort of bite-sized experience just always it, it it makes me believe in the power of this medium that it can yeah. deliver something that only a game could do like yeah i mean i guess you know to wrap it up just play this game already like i i don't know how much me and jocko can tell you to play this game just play it you're gonna be you're gonna go on a you know literal journey with it you're going you're going to just feel something that i think only this game can accomplish um i mean do you have any closing words on it i just i mean it's i want to add it's it's a meditative experience even though there's like peaks and valleys of emotion it's like you really feel like i felt like i had just got like a massage by the end of the game because it's just like (laughs) You go through like catharsis, you're like, oh my god, like everything, you feel all the emotions, and then you just, uh, um, 
in like an hour and a half. It's so fucking good. You guys, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, <it's right. laughs> Just play the game. <laughs> you know what? You said massage, and you know what I immediately thought of? Um, what? <laughs> in White White Lotus season one, when she's getting the massage and she's like having a, a complete moment like on the massage table yeah. <laughs> i was like this is that's what journey's like you know you you just like jennifer coolidge like having an out-of-body experience you know processing everything it's like that's uh, what journey is like just getting a really great massage it is i mean you feel <laughs> like you're you feel like you're getting like effective therapy done on you as you're playing a game um, <laughs> This is this is the same actual- with Flower, which you guys should also play too. Yeah, Flower's on the PS4, and that game company's first game, Flow, which is maybe not as it's not like Flower or Journey per se, but it's still a very interesting and unique game that I think everyone should play. Now these games are all on modern systems, so you should all play them. Um, but yeah, I mean. I can't thank you enough for joining me tonight, Jocko. This was such a, a wonderful time going talking thank about one of my so favorite much. games. Uh, I'm and- honestly honored to talk to Journey about you. And uh, you are, I'm so happy that you're doing this <laughs> podcast, which I have enjoyed. I'm like not caught up with, but I, <laughs> everything I've listened to, I've immensely enjoyed. Uh, um, you, I don't know if you remember, but when you were, the first time I encountered you was on the Silent Hill TPN app, and uh, <laughs> I messaged you, and I said, "You, I was like, you're one of my favorite guests that have been on just in a while because you're just very <laughs> not pretentious, and you know so much about the games, and you genuinely love it." And uh, yeah, I mean, you're great. <laughs> I, I well, thank thank you, thank you so much. That that means a lot to me. But this show comes from as i said before it comes from a place of you know spending most of my life being in love with this medium you know trying to understand it trying to get in the minds of people who make it and trying to you know let people you know come back to it because games are just a pure they're just a, a way to get lost into something that is unique of itself i mean I, I personally am glad that people are playing it. It's like I see people yeah. like on the timeline playing games. I'm just like, is this me? Am I doing this? <laughs> but well, you are. You got me to play this. You got me to play <laughs> Flower and this, and now I'm going to play all this slew of other other indie games that I'm going to have to rewind and listen to what you said. Um, <laughs> oh, no, yeah. I'm, and I'm going to play Shinigami, whatever Tensei, that game is. Shin, Shin Megami Tensei 5. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei 5. Uh, but yeah, They're I mean, all this, on my list. <laughs> that that, make, that makes me very happy. But yeah, yeah I mean, this, this show is just... Anytime I get a chance to talk about games, it's just me being like a big dork and being like, hey, isn't this, look at my silly video game, isn't it cool? Like, <laughs> uh, but no, I, I, I can't thank you enough. Uh, this, was, this is such a, a wonderful, wonderful time. And I think that is a good place to say the recording stops.